0: Welcome to our Clothes with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am Charles Colazzi. Today is Tuesday, February the 27th, 2024, and it's the Tuesday of the second week of Lent, and our reading today is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to carry and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, Greetings in marketplaces, and the salutation, Rabbi. As for you, do not be called Rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one Father in heaven. Do not be called Master. You have but one Master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted." This is, as I always say, the one area where Jesus just goes crazy, where Jesus just vents his anger. He vents his negativity, vitriol, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if it's vitriol, but Jesus is most upset about those who pervert the thing that's most important to him, and that is his father. But it's not just his father, but it's the mission that the father has sent him on, which is to re-father you and me. See, we have a father wound, not because of any fault of God the Father, but because of ourselves and because of the fathering that's been given us in the human race. The very meaning of our existence is that we have been fathered, and the Father wants to father us for the rest of eternity. But what have we done? We've doubted his fatherhood. That was the sin of Eve, the sin of Adam, which followed, doubting the fatherhood of Almighty God, and since then we've all done the same. I want to talk about the father wound again today because it's so important to talk about. It desperately needs to be talked about because this is at the heart of everything. This is why Jesus is so passionate. He's passionate both in the positive direction and in the negative direction. And you know, I mention this all the time, but I don't think we give it enough attention. Pope John Paul said, basically all the problems in the world come from the father wound. This is more important than anything. I mean, we can talk about surface-level examples that are also very important to talk about. People not being close to God anymore. Wow. You're made for the Father through the Son and the Holy Spirit. When we deny God, we deny everything. We deny why we were made, why we're here, why we exist. The father wound, though, is also seen in abortion. You know, women don't go around saying, let's kill our babies. They don't do that. Rather, this horrible scourge of abortion that's up to what, like 70 million now? It's a crisis in motherhood, but it's a crisis in fatherhood. Because so many of these women would have had the baby. If the man that helped them to conceive that baby would have given his support stepped up and been a man. This makes me so angry. It is a crisis of men who are not men, men who are cowards, men who have given up this divine distinction. We as men share in the fatherhood of almighty God. And I don't, what's a greater offense against fatherhood than to say, All right, you may as well kill the baby because I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to support you. Talking to countless numbers of women over the years, over the decades, we see again and again that the woman would have chosen differently if she had support. And that's where fathers come in. So we have a horrible crisis of fatherhood. And in working with so many young people and just people in general, but especially young people, I mean, it's almost a given when I'm talking to someone that has problems, whether it's excessive anger, lack of self-control, trying to control others, addictive behaviors, lack of confidence, lack of self-esteem, horrible anxiety, depression, all the different things that people struggle with that lead them to make bad decisions. In almost every case, there is a father wound there. And I'm talking now about the particular father wound with their own particular father, their father here on earth, their biological father. (coughs) Maybe the father was not present. Maybe the father was abusive. Maybe the father was distant. Maybe the father said, all I have to do is raise the money. We'll let the mother raise the kids. A father maybe that drank too much, a father that had addictions, a father that was more in competition with his kids than able to raise them because he was such an immature man. We see this again and again and again in our society today. Endless numbers of father wounds leading to endless numbers of sinful behavior, sinful lifestyles, and all manner of neuroses and psychoses all manner of evil in people's lives. They say the original sin wasn't Eve eating the fruit. I mean, some people say this in meditating on Genesis. But the sin that happened before Eve ate the fruit was Adam allowing the serpent into the garden, not protecting his wife. Where was he? It's part of the father wound. Adam was already in the process of committing the original sin before the fruit was even eaten. But what's worse than all the wounds that we have from failures due to our biological fathers, and, you know, I mean, some of that is realistic because nobody's perfect, but still some so much of that is just going deeper and deeper and deeper into the hole of men not standing up and being whom God called them to be. But then what's worse than all that Is not having God in our lives, not having a prayer life, not raising our kids in the faith, not bringing them to church. That creates an even bigger father wound. Think about it. Think of the worst fathers on earth. And I don't mean to undermine anybody's pain by saying this. You could have had a father that beat you, a father that was alcoholic, a father that just didn't care about you, a father that left you when you were a baby. Think about the worst possible scenario. What's worse than that is for a person to not have God in his or her life because our fathers are always going to be imperfect, which is why we have the Lord. The Lord wants to make up for whatever is lacking in us, in our upbringing, in our psyche, whatever is lacking. The father wants to make up for it through a relationship with him. When we raise our kids to not follow God, when we raise our kids to not go to church, to not pray, well, I think that's pretty horrible abuse, especially when we have them baptized. We're setting them up. We're making a promise on their behalf that they're going to live their faith, and then we don't help them to do it. This is the sin of the Pharisees. Jesus said the Pharisees lay heavy burdens on people, and they don't lift a finger to help them. Christian Catholic parents today lay the heaviest burdens on their children's backs in having them baptized, in addition to giving them first communion and giving them confirmation and not helping them to live their faith, not bringing them to church, not raising them with good morals. You have just given them a huge, heavy burden, and you have not lifted a finger to help them with it. I know this is pretty harsh, but this is Jesus is harsh today in this reading because of the father wound. These Pharisees, they're supposed to represent God and they do the opposite. They send people deeper into hell than where they were already going on their own without them. And I could just go on and on and on about this, but I I need to stop. I was just thinking of even, even worse things. <clears throat> but I'll stop there and say, you know, we have remedies. There are beautiful remedies. There are great remedies for the father wound. But these remedies are hardly ever sought after. In fact, I, I mean, most of the people listening listening to this sermon today are people that love their faith. But I mean, I, I'm sure I could get in trouble with the woke mob for even saying some of these things, even indicating that there's a difference between man and woman even indicating that fathers are important at all. Well, I don't know. Has anybody ever been conceived without a father other than Jesus? And he was certainly conceived with a father, just not a human father. There's all kinds of eternal stuff being reflected in what happens with Mary. It's Mary is, you know, the representative of the father here on earth, generating the son Anyway, there's a whole lot of theology to get into there, but that's a whole nother story. The remedies are hardly ever sought, but let's think about some of these remedies. I think about Pope John Paul II starting World Youth Day. A man who's so important and so famous, even just more famous because of being shot in the process of overthrowing communism, and yet he took time out of his schedule to meet with kids all over the world, his entire papacy. And I was one of those kids. Talk about trying to repair the father wound. I'm not saying we're all repaired because of world youth days, but I'll tell you, it's a huge step in the right direction. I think of different people, different situations in my life, different situations in friends' lives where They needed mentoring and sometimes as a result of prayer, sometimes maybe, I don't, we didn't know who was praying. I don't know, but having like an older gentleman just in the person's life, mentoring that person, just being there. mentor doesn't mean it has to be some intense thing, but just being there, being present, that presence of that father figure. I I think of, um, I think, you know, a lot of different men in my life that, that either raised me or helped to raise me. I think of a particular man that used to come to our swim club and he was like a grandfather to me. My grandfather died when I was very young and this man used to just come up and he would talk to me about music and he would play, give me different cassettes. Hey, listen to this. Tell me what you think. And it was stuff from 1940, 1950. And we would just talk, and it was so pleasant. It was so affirming. And he would come, and he'd go swimming, and we'd talk about swimming or whatever. But just that presence, that affirmation, that attention, it's a reflection of God the Father. It's what the Father wants for us. When we read the lives of the saints, I mean, this is the story of so many male saints. So many women saints as well provided motherhood. So many of our male saints provided fatherhood. I think of, um, I mean, literally the patron saint of bishops is my patron saint, St. Charles. What does St. Charles do? He was present to his priests. He was present to his people. He worked about so much reform. He brought so many people back to church because he simply got together with his priests and they prayed together. They had meals together. They worked together. He galvanized his priests that were alone in their parishes and working hard without any rest. He provided fatherhood to his priests and to his people, ministering to the people during the Black Plague and so many other saints. Once again, I love talking about St. John Bosco. His whole priesthood was dedicated to fatherhood. He was a priest, I think, I don't know, I've been doing some research on him, maybe 45 years he was a priest. (coughs) That whole time he just was there for the children, the poor children of Turin, the poor children of northern Italy. And by the time he was done, by the time he died, he uh, he had been a father figure to orphans that number in the tens of thousands. And these went on to do incredible, great things in their lives, including including many priests, uh, some bishops, some cardinals, but so many other successful people. And then, I mean, he started doing it for boys, then he did it for, for girls, and then eventually uh, he had his own order founded of men, then he had an order of women founded, that the work went on and on and on. Jesus knew this that we all have this father wound to some degree or another because of our separation from God and because of imperfect men that have raised us. And so in order to overcome the Pharisees, yes, he preached harshly like what we just heard. The Pharisees are doing the opposite of what the mission is, but Jesus physically did it. There is fatherly love oozing out of Jesus. There's fatherly love coming out in every direction from Jesus to the people around him especially those that wanted it the most those that needed it the most those were i mean as he said the sick need the physician not the healthy he came for those in need so jesus affirmed these women that had been prostitutes that are now basically living like nuns yeah their their hearts are full now because they're being loved by jesus in a love with a love that's fatherly, that's brotherly, that's beautiful. It's not a selfish love. It's a love that builds them up and makes them feel important. These men that had been, you know, failures in their own lives and tax collectors and all kinds of other things, Jesus gave them that affirmation that they needed to be real men, not to go fight in an army. Although, yeah, sometimes we need that too. But I mean, especially in the case of the apostles, They're standing up to the bullies against the faith. You know, they're going around the world now preaching the faith. They're standing up to torture, and uh, eventually they were martyred, except John, who was tortured, but he wasn't martyred. Jesus provided so much love that it strengthened everybody. It overcame sin. It overcame their anger. It overcame their low self-esteem. It overcame their anxiety. It overcame their depression. It's so important that we understand this. We have to heal the father wound. Rather, we have to let God heal the father wound. It's in our prayer life that it happens. It's in our relationships that it happens and also whatever we can do to heal the wound ourselves i know for myself in my teaching and in the ministry that i do especially with young people just to be there just to be that father figure just to be that person that says hey you know i'm here to listen or oh you drew a picture good job you're working on a video game good job you you passed your math test good job just that presence that says i'm here I'm affirming you. I, you know, you're worth my attention. You're worth my time. We call that, as Dr. Conrad Bars likes to write about, the miracle of affirmation. Affirmation, not necessarily even meaning compliments, but it means just presence, just saying, hey, I'm going to be here. I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to listen to you. I could be doing other things, but I'd rather be here for you right now. So. Our Lord, once again, you know, he's trying so hard to emphasize this, just how important this is. The father wound must be healed. Ultimately in heaven, I mean, that's where we find the fullness of everything, the fullness of what we were made for being face to face with the father, being loved by the father. People think their favorite thing in heaven is going to be some thing that they do, food that they eat. Is there food in heaven? I don't know. People that they hang out with, oh yeah, they're playing cards up there together, isn't it great? Okay, maybe there's some form of human activity, but the bliss of heaven for all eternity will be that we are fathered, that the hole in our hearts is filled with fatherly love. God defines himself as father, and he has made us for himself. As St. Augustine says, Our hearts are restless until they rest in him. Let us do everything in our lives. Let us pursue with every inch of our being the healing of the father wound in ourselves and in those around us. Have a great day. God bless you.